Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And the biggest thing we keep saying now is, is purpose and identity. Um, and you're 100% right. And like I, you know, I had, what, six jobs in four years and, I was running around and it's finding, like, funnily enough, I did work for BHP and Rio Tinto and I, you know, I applied for safety jobs and they looked at me and said, what do you know about safety? And then I give them that resume and they're like, holy shit, you're, you've got this. I'm like, well, that's what you're doing now. Hi there, everyone. I'm your host, Bram Connolly, and this is my podcast. Each week, I tackle a theory, unpack a skill, or answer questions on one of the themes of leadership, resilience, or human optimization. I truly believe that positivity is contagious. After all, have you ever seen anyone successfully lead through negativity? If you have, then let me know because it'll be the first time that's ever happened and I need to interview that person. That'd be hilarious. I also believe everyone should seek challenges to build their personal resiliency. You know, by continually seeking new frames of reference through learning new skills and attempting things they could just possibly fail. Or in my case, by actually failing a lot. And finally, I know there's smarter ways for us to be better at being human. And so I want to seek these scientifically proven ways by speaking with athletes, academics, and people who strive for greatness in their chosen fields. So, this then is the Warrior You podcast. It's a podcast devoted to the warrior within and the physical warrior you were born to be. Join me on this path, and together we'll learn more about leadership, resiliency, and human optimization. I promise. Before I get some random person to read out this week's podcast review, I want to say a few words about my sponsors, and also give you some discount codes for their amazing products. Firstly, Aussie Strength. Righto. These guys have been behind the Warrior You podcast from the very, very beginning. The team at Aussie Strength have provided financial support to the podcast and also equipment to me personally. Not only that, they've also been there for me to ask them business ideas. They're a great veteran-owned business in their own right, and they are crushing the business-to-business gym fit-out scene, and they deliver direct to the public too. They actually have a dedicated Warrior U page on their Aussie Strength website, so go check it out for amazing deals on tactical weight training equipment. That's www.aussiestrength.com.au forward slash warrioru forward slash And this week, I'd like to also shout out my newest sponsor, Ironside Coffee. Most of you know I love a coffee. In fact, my sister told me to stop posting coffee pictures on Instagram because it was boring. So as a result, we're no longer related. Ironside Coffee is another veteran-owned business. They have a coffee van in Canberra, and they deliver fresh coffee direct to your door anywhere in Australia. Well, not coffee but you know beans so basically the same thing you just gotta make the coffee yourself i'm super honored to be an early part of their marketing strategy and i really want this business to grow so please do help me to help them okay check them out ironside coffee and if anyone else would like to sponsor the warrior you program reach out to me directly bram at warrioru.com.au what's your name my name is matthew matthew how old are you matthew 
Nine years old, turning ten in October. Amazing. And what do you want to be when you grow up? Rock star. <laughs> Rock star. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, could you please read out this week's review? Of course. So I'm reading out a great review. Five stars by Phil the G. Bram is producing a podcast that is enlightening and full of wisdom. He conducted one of the best interviews I have heard with Jocko Willink. There is a variety in each podcast and the guests are always entertaining. Thanks so much, Phil the G, for the, um, for the great iTunes mm-hmm. review. And Matthew, when are we going to hear from you next? Are you going to bring out a single soon? Maybe you should be a guest on the podcast. Okay, I will try. Okay, make sure you bring your friends to read out all these reviews, okay, mate? All right. All right, catch you later, man. Out. Ciao. No one can Peace see out. you. No one can see you dabbing. Sean Barry, <laughs> welcome to the Warrior <laughs> You podcast. Good to have you on board. I'm, I'm thinking that this Good. could – I'm going to rename this the Sean Barry Show, I think, today. <laughs> mate, I, I, I love your show. Um, it's going all right. you represent, mate. It's, it's going okay. Um, We're getting there. It's getting better on. as it goes. Uh, production's getting better. But it helps when you've got sponsors yeah. like Aussie Strength and Ironside Coffee. Just a little bit of a plug there. Um, yeah. Well, but, you have to, mate. That's, no, but that's what it's about. But see, that's perfect. Uh, did you say who's, who's the first one? Aussie Strength. Strength. Aussie Strength. Oh, Aussie Strength. Yeah, yeah great, nice. Great veteran company. Fitness equipment, gym fit out, um, direct to the public as well as business to business. And they're crushing it. They're doing really well. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I think, I think that's what I, you know um, – Talking with me and that now about this, this is what I'm loving is all these veteran-owned businesses just going out and doing their own thing. It's not about non-for-profits, you know, getting donations all the time. It's guys saying, hey, I don't, I'm not going to work for a living. I'm going to go start my own thing. Um, and everyone's getting behind it, and I love it. Um, I've started, a, I've started a, a new word called vetrepreneur. Ooh. Yeah, you heard it here. Have you trademarked? Oh, that's a hashtag. I'm writing that down. Hashtag. I don't know how to spell it, but we'll... Uh... Yeah, we'll work it out. What, what, whatever <laughs> gets the it. most likes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it works. But it's everyone's doing it. And I think, like, like I said, the community that's building up and everyone's helping each other. Um, and look, you know, we, we are, you know, we're working with a, a number of um, veteran businesses, um, you know, in Sydney and Melbourne and that as well. Um, you know, we're... We're bringing it together. Um, I won't talk too much, but it's well. Let's it's talk. Let's talk first about you. Let's talk about just a little bit because I know you'd you'd, you'd rather talk about you know extra specialists and actors and act Gary and all that sort of stuff. But let's um let's just talk quickly about your background and your and your, and your um defence service. Yeah, sweet. So I did. Um, I always say I did fifteen years, but I did um, fourteen and a half. So I missed out on the fifteen year gong. So I had to go to SES for six months so I could get a 15-year a gone. But anyway, um, I did um, um, combat engineer as a digger, um, served with 1C, uh, went to Timor in 2000, did Bandarache, the Boxer Day Tsunami in 2004. Um, then I decided to become a recruit instructor down at Kapuka. And as everyone does when they're down at Kapuka, they think about getting out and um, had a good mate say, hey, why don't you become an officer? So... I thought, screw it, why not? So I went to RMC. That was pretty hard. Everyone does. There's a lot of guys that who do the transfer across, especially after being a full track, um, to go to RMC and, and eat humble pie for 18 months. But we did that. Um, decided to go infantry. Hurrah. Love it. Uh, six RR, Delta Company, six RR. 
Um, whilst at RMC, I was in a long-term company like Hogwarts. Um, people don't know RMC, a uh, long-term company, so I studied the battle. Yeah, went to Delta Company 6RAR, um, and that's why we pushed for Danger Close, which we'll talk about, clearly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did 2008, 2009. Uh, had issues with my OC at the time. Um, clearly I'd like to give him a shout-out? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. He knows who he is. Look, he, he was a British captain, um, so it, it uh, transferred across. Um, so, you know, the, the relationship I had uh, with my men was not um, seen by him as professional, only because I had that experience. Uh, you know, and as a digger, you know, you want a new OCL, you want your boss to, to have experience. Yeah. Um, but what do you do? Um, it was what it was. Uh, I struggled many years, for eight years, because um, I didn't actually go to Afghan in the 2010 trip, the big trip. Um, you, you were there in 2010? You 20, were there 2010? 20, 2010, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, see, that was, that's the big year, mate, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, um, and I wasn't there, so. Yeah, it sucks. Um, oh, no. You but, you know, know it, you're, it still, but you're still here, which is, um, that, which if, yeah. you, if you actually sit there and reminisce and have a look out over the ocean and think about it, it's uh, sometimes it's only a foot, a foot step away from not being here, mate, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah, and look, and I appreciate that, and I think that's been the the hardest the hardest thing coming through, and only through film, uh, what I've been doing now. Um, you know, I know it sounds stupid, but you know, it is what it is, and it was meant to happen. Yeah, uh, it wasn't meant to go. Yeah. So, um, but look, you know, I, I got to Singleton. They sent me to Singleton, and I just struggled because the boys are overseas. Everyone's overseas. Everything's happening over there. And then, um, yeah, I just said I can't be in Singo training kids. Um, you know, and then anyway, look, got out, did my stuff, did what I needed to do, um, pushed through and just, just found out how it, it, it was hard. I mean, the transition's very hard for everyone getting out, but the, the hardest is. part is. Do you know um, what? But the reason it's hard getting getting out is because you're institutionalized. We all are. If you do more than a, a year or two, you're institutionalized. And nah. there's and we don't have any lessons or classes or anything like that when you're at Kapuka or RMC or any of the other training establishments that are um, the same that are teaching you that the institution is bigger than you and bigger than your career. And by the way, start setting yourself up now to get out with a view to where you're going to go in the future. And here's how you do a glide path. And here's what finances look like. This is what Medicare is. This is what, you know, this is what um, university education part-time would look like. And this is what you can do when you're now 35 and have a degree or a master's or you can go and do a PhD. But actually what you do is you, d- you just join infantry, go run up and down Trig Point. You, you do that, you become a Lance Corporal, Corporal Sergeant, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to get out. Oh, I'm not qualified in anything. Yeah. Someone and- save me. Funnily enough, you're more qualified in the head than a lot of other people like civilians because of what you've learned can't be written down on paper. And, it, and it's it's transitioning just the, the words to say, hey, you know, I was, a, I was a corporal infantry. Well, I haven't done anything. Well, no, you weren't. You were a team leader of a, you know, um, uh, a yeah, very high-paced, te- multi-million dollar business. Yeah, you're a high-performing team. You... You were given instilled discipline to the point where you learnt self-discipline. You were then able to apply that across a whole heap of functional areas with intermodal nodes of different technical competencies. And oh, by the way, you've had to be in command or you've had to be able to crisis manage relationships with people from all varying diverse backgrounds. That's right. In a a high, tense environment with 
you know, immediate action. So every decision you make has an immediate consequence, but you see that you can't get that in the, in the real world. Um, and, and that's, and that's what is really hard to then sell. So, I mean, um, and, and it's funny because you write your resume down and I went to a professional resume writer who does, um, you know, defense and all that and the stuff he wrote down, it sounded awesome. And I was like, that's not me. But then when you read it, you're like, oh, actually that is exactly what you're saying. He's like, oh, well, I have led a team like this. Oh, I have done this. And then you put it in a resume and all of a sudden he's like, well, you shouldn't just be applying for like an instructor's position. You, you should be applying for an operations manager, middle management. And I'm like, well, I'm not qualified. Hey, actually, like, well, yeah, while, you are. while you're saying that, Sean, if there's anyone out there listening who is a an expert defense resume writer, reach out to me. I want to talk to you, A, because I want to see yeah. what my ridiculous background would translate <laughs> to, but also because I want to talk to you and I want to talk to everyone about populating CVs the day they get in the military to the day they get out so they don't miss anything. I showed before my dad died, I showed him my CV that I'd I'd put together for a um for a job and I looked at it thinking, that's awesome. He looked at it and went, Jesus, that's you've done so much more than that. Yeah. Well no but no, no and you're right. I'm just trying to Google now this the, the guy I went through. So the guy I went through, screw it, I'll give him a plug because he really helped me out was cool. next job now. Um so where's that? Uh, defense jobs. Nextjobnow.com.au. Just okay. check that out. You me, you, uh, you next job now. Well, Sounds like you guys did yeah. a good job. You owe me five hundred bucks for the plug. Um, but yeah, reach out <laughs> and let's uh, let's have a let's have a chat. Man, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, he set me up in two thousand and eleven, and um, yeah. But it, it what what he wrote in my resume. He didn't just t- write the resume. He he taught me, and this is what it is. It's it's doing lessons exactly like you said. Um, funnily enough, and I, I know everyone talks about it on your podcast and I listen to it, everything. So, uh, all the time, it's a common occurrence, but, um, like I thought I was going to stay in forever. I was, you know, yeah. I was green and I was, I was going to be chief of army. Mm. Um, so you don't plan for it. And that's, that's where you, you fall down. Um, you know, the common city employment now is two years. So, you know, anyone who's not in the army, your normal career is two years. So in the army, you do so many different jobs. It's, Although you might be in for 10 years, what you've actually done in that time is probably about five different careers um, in the same job. And it's, it's, it's the biggest operation you know, in the world is, is in the military. So you transat, so I went to mining. Um, it's an operation. It's, it's all, you know, you've got all the different calls. You've got all these, you come into a training company and then I went into um, film. Film now, it's the exact same thing. It's, you've got all your different jobs. It's just an operation. When I heard um, that a, pro- a producer was basically a project manager or an operations officer for a movie, yeah. I was like, yes, uh, some company reached out to me, sign me up, I'm there. Like, I'm I'm Uber Ops Officer. That was pretty much my thing. Let's do this. That's that's a sick name. That's what you should do. The Uber Ops Officer. It sounds like, <laughs> sounds like in something out of a German war movie. The Uber it's, Ops uh, Officer. Yeah. It's, it's, but, but, but it is like it, that, it's isn't funny, it? like, I learned that. Sorry, you go, you go. No, it is like that though, isn't it? The the movies, they are structured in such a way and they have to be because they have a an economics, a freakonomics about it. It's all economic and, and a project manager really needs to sit above it with a fine eye for detail for all those moving parts. But that's And look, that's everything. So, and I think once you get that instilled into to the, the military world and say, hey guys, this is what happens in a civilian world. It's exactly like the military world. Um, it's got a hierarchy, but they're just their titles are different. Um, the difference in the civilian world, if you want to, if you're a, a digger uh, in the military, if you're a digger and want to go for um, a, a lieutenant colonel's position in the civilian world, you can't. 
can't do that in the army. You got to go through all the all the crap. But in the civilian world, if you're qualified, then boom. Also in the civilian world, if you stuff up, it's the CO who is the one that 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 pays the price. It's not the young nigger. Hey, you stuffed up. No, mate. The pressure's on the bosses, yeah. um, and that's where it's hard. Again, running your own business, it's if you don't make any money, <laughs> it's you. You know, you still got to pay your staff. Um, but if we can, you know, you, you you show that as a structure saying, hey, guys, when you get out, like you go into mining or even film, and I, I like doing it with film now because people are blown away because it's such a, it's such a um, like mystical world and everyone loves it. And, you know, I love going around now saying, hey, this is what I do. Um, and coming out of business and coming out of like politics to then, you know, when you network and you talk to people, there's so many barriers when you're talking to people because, they think, well, what do you want out of me and who are you and you just want something. When I say what I'm doing now, hey, you know, I just get veterans in film and TV, the, all these walls disappear and you see these people's face light up. And um, even, you know, crusty old warrant officers. I was at a function last night and there's the, um, the CEO of, I'm not CEO, the president of 4RAR, like 4RAR Association. Um, yeah, his experience and knowledge is, is massive. But when I'm talking to him, I'm like, mate, you know, I might need someone like a dead old guy to be naked on a CSI Miami bench. Do you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. And they, they love it that everything disappears and everyone loves this mystical world of film. But when you pull yourself away and it's like, Hey, we can run this like a military operation. And um, because of the amount of people like in our team now, when we get on set, uh, everyone's looking at us going, Hey, we, we could run this better. We can run this more efficient. Um, because that's what you do in the military. You know how to run an operation, even just as a Lance Corp or even a digger, you can see how an operation works. And it's not operation as in uh, operation, whatever in Afghanistan, it's the normal day to day operation of a business function. Yeah. Hey, so um, Sean, how did you, how did you come about um, starting extra specialists? What was the catalyst to go, man, I'm going to start this company and get veterans onto onto the movie scene? Well, first of all, it, it happened with myself. I, um, you know, I, I was in a real dark place, 2015. Um, you know, I had many breakdowns as everyone does. I and mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not out of the norm. Um, but I had like full black dog in uh, August, 2015. And um, yeah, walked away from my family and, and started again and just said, you know, we either end it or I go and live a life. And I think that was a you know, big thing that was happening around then as well. Everyone was just, hey, just stop what you're doing and start again. And uh, I think you put it on your post and other people have been putting it up. Um, uh, I think you did it on your Instagram post the other day. And it's it's not about like suicide or killing yourself. It's about just stopping the way you live and starting a new life. So I think that's so important. And that's what I did. To then say, hey, I just want to be a stuntman in movies. Let's let's go do it. And as soon as you make that that switch in your head, I know it's hard. Don't get me wrong, um, but when I did that, uh, this massive relief of pressure just came off me and just said, you know what, I'm going to start again. Um, and I come up to Gold Coast and I started on a stunt course, and that's that's how it started. Um, you, I don't know you, if you want to value add to that. Yo, I'm just wondering, did you have someone who you could reach out to to support you during that that mental refocus? Because I think from what I've heard from people, and I mean, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of suicide nah, or anything nah. like that, but um, my understanding is when people are actually really depressed, it's really difficult to reach out to them. And in fact, t- towards the end there, they suddenly seem really almost, they've made peace with themselves, you know, and that's the that's a, that's a hard thing to 
swallow. But I'm just wondering, you know, support obviously is one of those things. If you can reach out to someone and go, hey, man, I'm, I really need to make this change. I need you to help me through this change, whether it's a marriage breakdown or a separation or leaving the military or trying to refocus yourself for a new, a new career. I 100% agree. I think the, the problem I had was I didn't have that. I didn't have anything. Um, I was in Singleton. <laughs> so I like I basically was posted Singleton, got out mentally. Um, I, I didn't move from there and then I got in mining and I did everything there. So I stayed in Singleton for six years. Um, so I had so much anxiety of going to talk to anyone in the set of cams. Um, you know, I there was no real support, you know, there was no um, non-for-profits back there. And I think that's why all these other non-for-profits started around that time because people were saying, hey, I didn't have any support. Oh, now we'll go start um, start something. I think it's so important. Uh, I think we're in a much better spot now, um, you know, this whole raise awareness. I think a lot of people are aware, but it's now it's going down the right path. I think it's choosing the right thing, but you've got so many different avenues. Um, but you've got to, you've got to have something you want to achieve. And I mean, look, everyone's got their own. Yeah. Again, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Um, cause I just like talking about positive stuff, Yeah, <laughs> but, agreed. um, you know, you know, everyone's got, everyone's got their own way that they have to process it. And yeah. once you find that way, then, 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 then go with it, go what works for you. I think the biggest thing that come to me was, when I walked away and started doing stunts, it was a whole new world. And I was like, oh, I can act. I, can, I get to be someone different. Uh, and that's what got me through. Um, and it was mixing with people that oh, were man. in a new positive light man, and doing sport. 100%. And, you know, you go you go from the military. Sorry. You go from the ADF. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. I keep calling it the military. We don't have a military. Mate, I, say, I, say, I say army. You go from, army to me means army, air force, navy, yeah. police, fire, and ambulance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, go from, you go from the ADF and you go into mining – you're basically swapping lemons for lemons in some ways. It's almost going to the same thing. I'll go back to myself to explain what I'm, where I'm going. You know, I left the military, joined a company that was um, doing crisis management run by all ex-defense people, which was great. It was mm. a soft transition. Then I went and, and did a whole heap of work overseas, you know, as a military contractor. Great. You know, yeah. and then I realized, wow, I can't do this forever and I need a new... I need a new persona. I need to be someone yeah. else. And this is me being someone else. And I'm still a leader because I'm leading through another way, another means. But now I'm writing military fiction and doing a podcast. That is that is my that is me now. That is my personality, right? I haven't separated myself. I haven't gone to Rio Tinto and become, you know, a, the head of safety or gone to BP and become, you know, an engineer or something like that. I still have a military Background. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing. I mean, being, no, an, joking, being an engineer would be an issue. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love but yeah, I think that there's a that for you. You know, this is an extension of life after army, um, and and you're able. But you, but it's also distinctly different, which is the same as me. No, it's I, an extension, but it's distinctly yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, you're bang on. And the biggest thing we keep saying now is is purpose and identity, um, and. You're hundred percent right. And like I, you know, I had what six jobs in four years and I was running around and it's finding like funnily enough, I did work for BHP and Rio Tinto and I, you know, I applied for safety jobs and they looked at me and said, what do you know about safety? And then I give them that resume and they're like, holy shit, you're, you, you've got this. I'm like, well, that's what you're doing now. 
Um, so yeah, funnily enough, I almost was a safety officer at Rio <laughs> But anyway, um, but it still would have been crap because you're trying to find that, you're trying to find that identity. It's like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. It's not about what you can do. It's what do you want to do? What about, it's not about income, it's about outcome. What do you want to do? Let's, uh, let's go forward. And so for me, that's where I just, I had to start again. And I said, what did I do? What did I want to do when I was a kid? And I just want to do stunts. Sweet. Let's go do it. And that's where it's, it's funny, but everyone says that now. And I think because we're in movies and the, the momentum that we're getting and everyone around, um, it's that whole, well, how did you get into that? And you just say, well, just do it. Find out how to do it and just go and do it. Yeah, but you just can't do that. Well, you can. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to drop and, and make that jump. Um, and that's business, you know, to start your own business. It's, it's, it's freaky. Go and jump and do this. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, this is easy because this is what I want to do. And now when my passion's here, I can, I'll do this more than, than working nine to five because your passion's here. Yeah. Um, someone asked me, easy. someone asked me, well, how do you even start your own podcast? You know, like what, how? I said, well, I just started recording stuff and I uploaded it to Apple iTunes and I pushed people towards it and now I'm working on a Sunday with you at 12 p.m. in the afternoon <laughs> and, and this is work. But is it really work? Because I'm getting to talk well, that, to that's it. right. Talking, Nationally, mate. You're, you're national, you know? I'm talking to the head of uh, Extra Specialists, bitches. <laughs> you're not yeah, a big deal uh, yet, uh, but one day this might, be a, this might be a big deal, this interview. Back when, when, you're, uh, when, you're, when you're loaded and you don't do any interviews with anyone, like half the people I reach out to. Uh, you know who man, you are, we, Anthony Joshua. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Where is he? So, look, we um, and look, and this is this is the funny thing though, because I started doing films, and the first job I got uh, was dead on the set of Thor, um, and everyone went nuts because you just see me in the background, um, <laughs> and everyone's like, "That's that's just what I want to do," and I'm like, "We'll go and do it." Um, yeah. But then, so the film industry grew. There's a lot of politics in the stunt world, uh, which we're changing. Um, but uh, it was on the audition of Aquaman, and I know a lot of people know the story, but I'll tell it again. Um, they've gone, look, we need people that can repel. We need like military style dudes. And I'm like, well, you know, Brisbane and Nogra is just up the road. There's like 3,000. I'm like, well, that's not how we work. I'm like, you can do it. And they're like, well, can you set it up? And I'm like, well, screw it. I'll do it. So in February, well, before that, you know, I, w- I had an agent, um, and agents are you know, to get a good one is pretty hard because everyone takes your money because everyone's like, oh, you want to get in film? Cool. Well, give me 10 grand. Give me three grand to do this and four grand to do this and $500 to do this. And, you know, you might get yourself on screen. I'm like, well, what's the point? Um, I'll just be my own agent. And everyone's like, again, well, you can't do that. Well, how do you be your own agent? I'm like, well, I just did. And they're like, this is crazy. So, um, but the hype was there. But the thing is, because it's mine and it's it's an idea and the passion's there, um, everyone grabs to that passion because it's it works and it's a good idea and it works. Um, and everyone just comes along. Um, I don't charge any money because I don't – and th- this is interesting because um, we've got over 850 on our books now. Um, we get work everywhere. I'll, t- I'll tell you what we did in, in a minute, but – I don't charge registration or joining fees or anything like that. And people, you know, as a business sense, it's, it's, I don't make money off it, but um, that doesn't matter to me because it's not about money. Um, what we're, it's about getting that opportunity. Like I get money off the commission, but I just want to grow this, um, you know, in, in my own way. If I charge registration fees, if I charge joining fees or if I, you know, they're veterans, you know, and I don't want to take the money off them 
which is bad business, but at the same time, I don't want to have to owe them anything. So I would feel that if I paid someone a hundred bucks a year to be a member or do this, I, I would expect that they'd be pushing for me to get work. And I don't want to have that pressure. Um, I've got enough pressure and I've got a lot of work issues anyway. Um, but if I had 800 people pressuring me to get work because they've paid me money, I'd be like, well, I can't do this anymore. So if I don't join, if I don't charge any joining fees and everyone can just come along and have some fun and, you know, I don't charge for training, uh, again, bad business, but is it? Because now I'm getting highly qualified people when I go to sell them on set, well, now I can get 40 people into one production uh, and now I make money off that and I get known as the go-to person for people with skills. Um, again, I, don't, I, I want people to have it as a hobby Whereas, you know, hey, if you can do this on, you know, on Friday Arvo, sweet. If you can't, no stress. Um, but if I was charging you money, I would be expecting you to do it. And I don't want to put any pressures or, again, when you're coming out of the military and it's this whole pressure thing of you have to do this, you have to do this. Um, the biggest symptom of PTSD is, you know, I can't be, you know, they don't like authority. Um, I don't want to be told what to do. Um, you know, I didn't want to be told that I had to have a, a, a manager. So I'd become my own manager. You know, I don't want to be told by the 850 people that I have to get them work because then I'll be like, well. What have you been working on? I don't know. Uh, good question. What was in it? Um, we, after, like Danger Close was the main one. Let's talk about um, Danger Close first because that's awesome. Yeah, Amazing. Sweet. So, look, it, it really, really was. Um, it was our springboard production. Man, it was really hard. national storytelling. Oh, mate, it's it's brilliant. That It's not only been good for the whole um, – to be part of it's, there's so many positives to be part of. So Danger Close is the is the long tan story. So it's a it's a movie, um, it's not a reenactment. It's a it's a it's a movie storytelling narrative of long tan through through a producer's and scriptwriter's eyes. But it's it's actually also quite well revered by those members that were there that have seen it. Yeah, and look, the the Battle of Long Tan was Vietnam, eighteenth uh, of August, nineteen sixty six. Um, and it was Delta Company 6RER. What company were you, Sean? I was Delta Company 6RER. (laughs) Represent. Not a bad, not a bad little bit of a link. Well, look, and look, this is, this is my biggest sell. And to get into, to not be a part of this movie, um, you know, I would, I would do anything to be part of it. Uh, And I had to push. And look, Dan Kieran, uh, was one of my boys. So he was a full track when I was a platoon commander in 08, 09. Uh, and he was awarded the Victoria Cross, uh, with Delta Company 6 area in Afghan. So I made sure that I sold that and that's all part of the film as well because it, it just brings that, that whole circle and the representing um, of, uh, of that story. Um, and the biggest thing I pushed was getting real soldiers, especially the guys from Delta Company 6 area who served in Iraq and Afghanistan in this film. And, and you see them in it. And to me, that, that just says so much, so much about the film, so much about the producers wanting to add the realism uh, and, and, and represent, you know, to have people who are represented. And I know American movies do it, but this isn't an American war movie. This is a, a beautiful story. Like it's, I, I cried my ass out the first time. I really tried the first time I saw it, I really tried to pick it apart and give them really, you know, bad criticism but I just couldn't. I just, I, I tried to find my guys in it and I just kept crying. So it's, you know, it's emotional, mate. Um, and, you know, it's one of the first war movies that I've actually wanted to see. Um, and it's really hard, clearly, when you get out of the army to watch war movies because it, it not only it spikes your anxiety because um, you're like, oh, it reminds you of bad stuff, but 
what we've been finding is it's not the bad things. It's people don't want to watch a war movie because it reminds them of what they want to do, especially if they're special forces. And they're like, oh, I should be doing that. I want to do that. And then God. They, they get that my anxiety. Life. And then they, they've got, huh? That's my life, dude. I know. I, this is what I'm telling to I watch my I'm mate. I watched watch my mate um, Dan McPherson on Strike Back. Yeah. And, and while I'm watching the shows, and he's, he's absolutely sick of me, while I'm watching the series, I'm like texting him, bullshit, dude. No, nah, that's not. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's good acting. Well done. No, mate. No, that wouldn't nah. happen. Nah. You, know, you, you know, all this sort of stuff. And no, explosions don't do that. And that's not how you fast work. But that, that's awesome the way you did that. You know? And he's like, oh, dude, just, can you just stop texting? Just me? let it go. Let it go. But look, this is, this is what uh, – there's so much I want to tell you. Shout out um, to Dan. This is, this is what we're changing because – I'll talk about, can you get, bring back strike back in a minute? Cause yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. Cause it's, yeah, it's funny. Oh, it's been funny. Um, but not only do you watch it and go, ah, oh, that's crap. Cause every military person is going to pick it to pieces. And that's what has been a good thing, I guess, being alongside the producers, helping get this film going because so many people are, are writing to me on Facebook and a lot of them are like, Oh, you should do this. You should do this. And Hey man, I just get, I just get soldiers in. I can't change the script. Um, yeah. But um, the what we've been able to say is like even doing the sandbags far out. I, you know, I, I was building these sandbag walls, and I'm an engineer, so I was like, "This is wrong." But they're like, "No, we need to do it like these photos, and then these ones are like this over there." So they, the art department on this film was amazing, and the littlest detail is amazing. Um, but when we're doing these sandbags, I was taking photos, and mate, <laughs> I, got, I got wailed on uh, Facebook, but. I don't, I don't take offense to Facebook and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care about negativity, but what I do is um, if someone messages something, I just go to the side and say, Hey, what's with the negativity? And they're like, well, you should be doing sandbags like this. And then I'll send them the photos and say, no, this is this part. We have to do it like this. Um, and then they're going, Oh, well, no, that's really good. And I was able to give, um, which the producers loved. I was able to give immediate feedback saying, Hey, no, we're doing the right thing. Yeah, we're, we're doing this because everyone's like, you better get this story right. And I'm telling you what, they really did. And it's really emotional. And look, it's not a documentary. Uh, he did his documentary, Martin Walsh did his documentary back in the day. Yeah. Um, this this is a story. Um, and I saw it with the the Delta Company 6RER veterans or the commanders. Um, and it was, that was intense. That was a, like one of the proudest days of my life um, awesome. to be able to sit there with them. Um, but I was stressed because I was like, I hope they like it. I yeah. hope they don't freak out and walk out, but they get it. They know it's a movie. And, you know, the story of long tan, it's a, you know, they were in a, an Aussie rules, the size of an Aussie rules football field. It was pouring down rain. It was flat. Um, and it's a uh, rubble plantation. If anyone's been a rubble plantation, it's just grid squares. It's just fire lanes all the way down. Um, yeah. And these guys were on their guts for three hours. Yeah. You can't make a movie about guys on their guts for three hours. Can you imagine so, being trapped like that though? Oh, well, you, you can't do it. You, you, try and, you try and do a training exercise like that, people will be like, oh, this is ridiculous. This would never happen. Yeah. Well, it did. And the, um, and the, the weight of the enemy against them, to just to go back in history, you know, we're not, we're not talking a like for like, you know, we're talking regiment size, two regiments, wasn't it, against a company? Oh, mate, there's, it there's was, all sorts well, of yeah, it was 2,400, they estimate, Um but look, the, the biggest thing was that a lot of people, if they don't know the story of Long Tan, um, which a lot of people don't, it's actually... Get out of it. And this really? is, one of, <laughs> is that true that, that not many people know the story? 
If, oh, you, if you're outside not. the army, you probably probably don't. Wouldn't know. A lot of a lot of and look, this is a um, again coming back to different roles. Like executive producers are like more the money side, so the business side of how a um, of, you know um, like the investors, so how the the movie works. So it's a really hard sell for investors to say, are we going to make our money back? Because it's business. I don't care about you know. At the end of the day, this is a this is a business. Um, we've got to get this um, movie to make money. Now, if the story is not good enough, then they're not going to show the movie. Uh, well, who's going to go see it? The, the biggest hard sell is a lot of Americans don't even know Australia was in Vietnam. A lot of outside Australia, a lot of Australians don't even know we're in Vietnam unless they've actually you know, spoken to Vietnam vets and, uh, on Anzac Day. Well, that's the only time they're Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Minded. Um, not only that, but they don't know what we actually did. Um, and the best thing that come out of like that day and, and these, these things on um, when I saw it with the veterans or the commanders was I had their sons of like Bob Buick, who was a, a sergeant over there, who's played by uh, Luke Bracey, who's an absolute legend of a guy. Um, he, um, the son of Bob Buick come up and said, guys, I, I get it now. You know, I've never been able to talk to my dad about what he did. And now I know why he's such an old bastard because I've seen what he's gone through. Now that's, that's powerful, you know. That's the strength of film. Um, that's why um, film is so important to tell, you know, history. Um, a lot of people wouldn't know about World War One if they hadn't watched Saving Private Ryan. Um, you know, a lot of details, and Australia has never really captured the Australian soldier or movies. And if you think, uh, if you think about movies. it, we've got, you know, Gallipoli. Um, yeah. You know, you've got uh, the, the Light Horse, so Bathsheba. Yeah, yeah. Um, they no, did one angry think, shot, which was hilarious. It was good. Um, I don't think Cap, then, I don't think Capion's been captured in film, has it? No, nah, no. Nah, and, nah. and, and they did they did Kokoda, and no offense if he's listening, but it wasn't the best movie. Um, wasn't a very good book either, by the way, Peter Fitzsimons. <laughs> Anywho, I need work, mate. Shut up. <laughs> um, look, yeah, actually, you know what? He can he can. Uh, I'll, I'll work on. I'll, I'll do script writing for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this is funny how money um, money can corrupt you. Um, oh, and then there's the what, what about um, Derapit and and Af- and Afghan stuff? Will that be something you'll focus on in the future? Well, mate, this is what I want to do, um, and this is what this what we're creating. Um, you know, with extra specials, it's not about extras. It's about it's just about being in the film industry, um, and essentially, it's not about just being on set but getting all the guys in in the background. So getting people to come and work in the art department, getting advisors, getting, see, it's not just advisors for army, but it's, you know, like I said, I've got detectives, I've got fighter pilots, I've got ambos, I've got firefighters come in and tell their part of the story or come and get advice from that when you're writing this script um, to get, get those guys. So everything is Hollywoodized. And I think that the biggest thing that's come out of what I've been learning, it's not just film, like we've been in a lot, um, but it's seeing how the operation works and seeing how it works. And so where you can value it, add. It, 
Yeah, and but look, at the end of the day, it's it's the producers, it's their baby, and you know the um, the script is there. So someone writes a story. Um, let's let's break it down. So someone writes a story. They then try and get it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just get saying it. I've got a historical reference here of Afghanistan 2010, which we could quite easily turn into. I a- heard that. That's a that's a good book, and I think if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's not set up. Well. That's not set up at all. That was at hand. <laughs> I, I tell you now, look, look. It's, oh, they're look both that. up there, mate. Look and that. look, they, to Sean. I hope you enjoy the first Matt Ricks adventure. Ram. But no, I actually bought this through yeah, cool. the Red Six, the Red Six oh, uh, yeah. auction. Yeah, so, cool, man. Thank you. Thanks for supporting Red Six uh, too. What a great, uh, what no. a great player. Yeah, oh, look, I love him. Uh, we'll talk about him later, but he's, you know, really, really close friend of mine. We, we, um, we are each other's basically business support. We are our, like, mm. we are the vent partners for each other um, to essentially, you know, what people don't see um, is a lot of the work that Michael and I do in the background about business and contacts and networking. Like, we are out there busting our nut um, networking to, to it's, you know, you've got to get known. Um, yeah. And social media, as powerful as it is, isn't as powerful as me writing a personal letter or going to visit someone, you know, spending my own money to go visit someone and say, Hey, this is what we do. Be genuine. And then they're like, Oh, well, because you know what, what Brigadier, um, thanks that by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to read him. What Brigadier is on Facebook, you know? So if they don't know about me, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. Fair Um, enough. Um, so I don't know what I was talking about. So long tans Um, coming out when, or long tan, when, when, Uh, when's, um, yeah, danger close. So August 8th, August eighth this year, um, which is actually ten days before the anniversary. Man, um, and is it going to be a red carpet affair somewhere or what? Hundred percent. So that red carpet affair is on two weeks. So the twenty first of July in Gold Coast. Awesome. Um, are you coming or not? Have you got a ticket? No. There might be one in Perth on the twenty second. Awesome. I think they're doing a national line. Um, if not, I'll, I'll write it down. I'll get you a ticket. So you'll be um, you'll be speaking on behalf of extra specialists again on the red carpet? I probably won't because it's going to be a, a massive right. star started. Yeah, event. of course. Yeah. Like I'm not that important. Yeah. I am, but not. <laughs> Mind you, Chris Stenders, who did Red Dog, he's a director on this. He is a, a beautiful, beautiful man. He's so nice. Um, very emotionally connected to this story. Always uh, adds me in his post now and always um, talks about the, you know, what we did. Because it's it, it adds the realism. It's hey, you know, we got real soldiers in this movie, um, and it's never really been done like that before. Um, like, there's something about being the actors. It's just just being part is, of it. And is this a creative, just, artistic outlet for you, Sean? In some ways, having have, even just finding placements for people, does that feel like an artistic, creative it, outlet? It's 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 not just artistic. It's um, uh, it's mentally like my it's my rehab. It's my own outlet yeah um, cool. getting getting these guys work now being in charge of I'm not in charge i'm not above anyone but seeing guys get on set like guys going in home and away uh and coming out just smiling going this is awesome yeah cool absolutely i just i just love it um good story with home because we're in home and away now we're getting like five or ten guys in there a week just as cops and they got swat home and a's really ramping up can't talk about it because it's contract but it's, it's, I don't know, they're going hectic. Anyway, so we, um, we actually had um, had one of the guys who was uh, ex-2 commando who last year was really, really in a bad shape. Uh, he's come out all right now. Um, and he had another one of his mates who was actually ex-4 like four AR before they changed over to 2 commando. They were on set together on Home and Away. And um, 
they hadn't seen each other for like over 10 years. And he said the last time we actually had seen each other, we were high-fiving. Um, they were in either Kandahar or Tika. I don't know where they were. They were overseas. But they one was leaving, one was coming in, and they just high-fived each other. And he said, that's the last time I saw him. I know the, so, I know that, the commando you're talking about. We'll call him Baz. We won't, we won't go around. Yeah. But right. mate, he's, uh, I've seen some of his writing. Dude's yeah, talented, right. mate. Mate, talented. it's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. 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 It's he's really yeah, smart. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we <laughs> we he they did a high five. So he goes he just had to do a double take because he did a high five in Kandahar and yeah. now he's on set of home and away in a police uniform emptying boxes and they were just talking to each other. And they go, Is that what extras do? And I said, Yeah. He goes, last time oh, they were together. The background. Last time they were together, they huh? were on ops kicking doors in and women and now they're here on a set of a romantic bloody. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, the biggest threat they've got there is Alf. If, <sighs> if you're new in town, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I think they're. I think like Jesus. I said, they're ramping up. We had some. We had some big boys on there the other week. But anyway, that's cool, man. Um. So look, it, it was just really funny because they were, you know, directors just going, "Oh, look, just talk in the background." So they were literally talking. They were doing a full catch-up. They were like, oh, how Smitty? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen John. I haven't seen such and such. Oh, this is hilarious. And they were having a good old chat. And then the director's like, all right, thanks, guys. And they're like, really? And they got paid for it. So, <laughs> But it's not about the pay. No one's. It's not about the money. And the money will come for people later. But it's about, hey, I've now got a, a, an avenue to um, get out there and be myself. So reflecting back on seeing the movie, basically the albeit people being in movies, it's I really want to do that. I really, you know, they don't know what they're doing, rah, rah, rah. But now guys can say, oh, I can do that now. You know, I can be on a war movie. I can go and be on set and then they go home and get their gear out of the closet and then they come to me and say, hey, I really want to tell my story. And I'm like, cool, everyone does, but write it down, mate. And they're like, oh, well, no, no, I think you should do this. And I said, no, I'm not doing anything. If you want to do it, let's, let's do that creative thing your side. And this is this whole creatism is write it down yourself. And what these guys are doing, they're starting to write down their stories. And, you know, to get for a psych to get someone to do that is really hard. But these guys are writing down stories and then they're going, oh, well, I'm not going to say all the sob story stuff. I'm going to start writing my good stuff down. And all of a sudden now they're getting their good things out. And, you know, people end up writing books, don't they? So, um, and I think it's that, that, that comes out and then it's just giving that whole excitement. Um, but, you know, that the onus thing comes back on me and I start freaking out because it's a lot of pressure because everyone's like, oh, you should be doing this and you've got to do this. And for me to sustain that is a lot of work. So that's why, um, you know, we do the whole creative side and, and get other guys to come in and say, hey, you should start up your own business. And, you know, my good friend Luke Jillen, who's sitting here, he's been extra special from the start. He's starting his own stunt coordinator um, company now. Um, and it's good because he's, he's getting a team up going from there. And I've uh, got another guy who's... Um, you know, he's been doing fight choreography, but it's like, well, make it real, mate. Start doing your own company and build it up. So let's um, let's talk about it, let's talk about strike back then, because I know you you wanted to uh, talk yeah. about that quickly. Well, so so what? Well, now the only thing I want to talk about with strike back was um, it's new, and everyone's like, I worked with um, yeah, uh, Dustin Dustin Clare, who I think he's in the second season of Strike Back. He was actually no, he was in the second season of um, Spartacus, the main act. Uh, and he's in Strike Back. He was just talking to me so because I, I started watching Strike Back and we were on Reef Break together. Um, and he's fantastic. So we were talking, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, we need to, we need to get um, – it's like, oh, well, how do I hold a weapon here or what do I do? And I'm like, oh, well, this is, this is what you need to do. And he's like, oh, have you seen Strike Back? 
And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, what do you think of that? Because that's really good. And I said, well, is it? And I said, you can do so much more. And then just in one day before we are going on set for, um, for a reef break, I just ran him through some basic drills. And he's like, oh, this is great. We, we don't get to do this. And that's where it clicked because I'm like, well, you're doing strike back and you're doing this. It's like, what? who's a military advisor? No offense, a military advisor. I don't know who they are. Um, but what have they been doing in the background? So this is where we're coming in and saying, hey, we can do training for actors. We can get either real guys in there or we'll bring you out and let's make these films real. But this is, this is, this is why Strike Back is important because we start looking at things like, like Strike Back and say, well, do we go now and, and help these productions? Um, because we're giving them all this expertise, all these quality people, all this background, and we're really not getting the money for it. And yep. they're filming, they're getting all the credit. Or why don't we just go film ourselves? I'll tell, so, tell you what, bloody Dan McPherson and Warren Brown and Aline Sumawata, Sumawata. <laughs> I don't know how to say her last name. Oh, and, and Jamie Bamber as well. Mate, their drills... They're bloody good. Like, they are good. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to the fact they've had two seasons now of people training them up. I mean, there's still stuff in there that I look at and go, Ugh, you know. But but you know what? If you had a video camera on me trolling through, you know, Zabat-Calais, getting shot at and shooting back, some of my drills are pretty fucking average too. And I was in the, no. the, the counterterrorism team for a year before that. So you'd think I'd be up to standard. It depends on the day and the stimulus and all this sort of stuff. But one it, of the, it, Okay, you go. Well, one of the things that I, that I noticed is is that they try and cover up those mistakes with the drills, actually. Whereas in the real thing, you know, you could be getting shot at the wrong eye relief or whatever, and then and then you, and then a round goes past your head and you flinch, you drop your weapon, you go for your secondary. That stuff's real. Like that's 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 where the producers, you know, or the directors, sorry, need to step in. And and also the other thing is too is with the equipment. You know, everyone's really they smash them for all this equipment and stuff like that. But I always see it as. If, if someone's got the wrong equipment and we're noticing it, then the script writers haven't done their job to explain why they've got the wrong equipment now. Because you could, you can, and we've talked about this before, you, you can work some magic with some narrative that backs up the art props, you know? Do you, you explain that? Because I, I know we've talked about it, but I, I really like, but the lead in for you to do that is we've been on sets and, like I said, it's ran as an operation. Um, let's say, even in the Australian world, it's ran like, my experience with uh, the American uh, army where everyone just has one job. So with Australians, we can, we, you know, we multitask, we do all this. So we see an operation. It's like, like we get on set. We're like, Hey, I've got 10 guys here. You're wasting We're getting paid. Let's work. And like, no, 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 that's not your job. That's my job. Um, and I think, you know, in the movie world, um, yes, you've got your script writer. Yes, you've got that. But then it comes down to art department then it comes down to costume, then it comes down to them sourcing that, then it comes down to them when they're on set, they put that gear on um, and we've had guys like we we're on uh, Kong vs. Godzilla and we're like, oh, this doesn't look that good uh, or reef break and we're, you know, we're an American um, mercenary team but we've got, you know, the old Oz can, the desert can and it's like, you've got to get this pouch off and you're like, Ugh. There's, um, there's no amount so of script writing that's going to fix that. <laughs> that, that yeah, yeah, and yeah. look, that's right. So that's what we try to do. We, we try to have that professionalism and look, the, the business model is changing for us in that a sense of we want to come in as a whole package. So, and there's other, in, there's, other bits, there's other bits too, isn't there, Sean? Like if, if, you've, got a, if you've got a fleet of weapons and, and yep. they have to look like real weapons and fire like real weapons, you need armorers. And guess what, yes. guess what ADF has a lot of? 
That, that's right. And look, Armory is the hardest um, license in that to get. Um, it's also very monopolised by people around Australia. Um, but again, it's changing. You know, like um, even Queensland, we're allowed to have gel blasters and gel blasters look good. If we got airsoft in, um, look, there's a lot of things we're doing in the background that's reshaping all weapons. Because You, you want to get experience. in touch with um, the co-host of this podcast, Reese Dewar, because he's got a licence for airsoft. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. He's got the highest security license in Australia as well. You should reach out to him. Dude's, dude's yeah, all right. over it. And he's Where's, is he in WA? Uh, he's in the Gold Coast. Uh, he's Sunshine Coast. Yeah, righto. Reese Stewart. Oh, yeah. He's the he's we'll he's the patron saint of common sense. That's his nickname. <laughs> he's the co-host of this <laughs> That's podcast. Brilliant. Yeah, no, he's good. That's reach brilliant. out to him. Mm. Yeah, no. Well, let, let's link up. And again, look, this is this is it's allowing that opportunity. So people want to do makeup. If people want to do costume, if people want to like, we've worked on the background sets of everything as well. And mm. it's, um, you know, guys are, are coming in and saying, hey, let's let's work on monster problems. So I'll help build or I'll help move all this stuff around because um, it gets them on set. They're seeing all the actors and they're like, oh, this is fun. Um, and guys are like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. And then they come to the studios and, you know, again, it's like walking into Hollywood because you've got the big studios and they're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I'll get on camera. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to have lines. I'm like, well, just calm down. Like, yes, you don't, do. Don't we all? Um, again, um, <laughs> let, let's, if we start doing our own, like, mate, all we need is some Hesco Bastion baskets and um, we can do a whole. Is that where, is that where, is Extra Specialist going to become its own production company? We, we are. We, we, we started one at the start of the year. We've already, we're already well, well into it. Um, I'm, right, right, so I'm writing some called, scripts. I'm doing some uh, script writing right now for you. Uh, I'm well aware and I'm screenwriting 100% back in you, mate. It is, it's going to be very fun. Um, but look, if it, if it starts becoming fun, that's when you got to get someone else to come in and do it for you. Um, but look, we, um, what have we got? Um, so we've got, we've actually set up as three different companies. Um, so we have our extra specialist agency, uh, which is actually registered in New Zealand as well, because they're about to have uh, Lord of the Rings TV series over there, $20 million an episode. Wow. Um, so we need to, yeah, crazy. That's massive, mate. Yeah. Um, they it actually it actually moved to Scotland for a bit because they're worried about uh, like earthquakes in Christchurch and the terror attack. Um, but they moved to Scotland, but now they're back. So it's a lot of money to pump into to New Zealand. Um, New Zealand's fast becoming like tourism is their main income. Um, they've got dairy, but tourism's mainly there, um, and it's because of you know doing films and things like that that they can get people. Oh, the over settings there. are amazing. Um, yeah, oh, it's, it's perfect. Um, but it's cheaper. It's a lot cheaper for everyone to film over there as well. Um, look, just quick to, to run down what we've been in. Uh, since Danger Close, we did um, Dora the Explorer, which is coming out in August as well. Who's, who's, who'd you get in that? I think I know. But you do, Mr. Old Peter Hanlon. Good on him. <laughs> How's he doing? Uh, good, good. He's um, Pushing, pushing his brand, and we we are 100% with him alongside him. He literally lives about 500 metres from me. Yeah, I like, um, I like him. No, I love him, loving a bit. Um, he's been getting as much work as possible, um, but he's alongside with us. Um, you know, he's got to do his own thing. He can't, you know, it's, uh, it, it's like with acting. People say, oh, I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. Well, no, because you're... 24-year-old white male, you can't play a 60-year-old black female. You know what I mean? So it's that's what people need to realise when they're acting is saying, well, you don't get chosen for that role. It's got nothing to do with you. It's just that, yeah, you're the best operator in the world, but I need a guy that looks like this. Um, so, and that's where it works. And 
Um, a lot of actors keep to themselves. So Chris Hemsworth, he does his self in every role he does. So it's his version of that role. So it's not, you know, he he, um, he doesn't act really. He just be he's just himself. Um, so Pete Hanlon needs to just be himself because he's funny. It's good to go. But for him to act in, I mean, it's hard because he's funny. So when he does really mean roles, I'm like, well, that's not you, Pete. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's but he's uh, he, he's just loving it, and um, this is what we inspire. So him um, doing things like this and being on Dora, and he's worked with uh, Tamora Morrison. Uh, on other movies and other features, so tomorrow Morrison uh, clearly was um, Jake, Jake the Muss and Baba Fett's dad, Jenga Fett. Uh, he's in everything. He's in, uh, yeah. but he's fantastic. Dude's prolific, um, mate. He, he, but he's so nice. He's so t- like talented. And just that. relaxed. He walks on set and he, he sees our boys and like the boys are there. He's like, hey boys, come over here. He's not very and big he's apparently. Standing, I'm not saying anything, <laughs> mate. That movie was amazing, wasn't it? Once we're warriors. Uh, it was. Do you know the background? I didn't know, but he was actually um, in like a like a country practice, but New Zealand as yeah. a doctor. Yeah. And they're like, you're never going to pull Jake the Muss off. He's like a model. Um, then, yeah. And he yeah. would just be really nice. And then yeah. he did Jake the Muss. And then they said, you can't come back to this role now because oh, you're. <laughs> right. Well, once people had seen Jake the Muss, it's like, well, now you can't be the, the family fun loving doctor. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's amazing. He's never, but you rock up on set with him. He's like, come over. And then he's there and he'll be like, uh, give the guys, give them a line, you know, give them a line to say, put a mic on him. And he just looks after everyone. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got guys that were just extras on the day as background. Um, like Chris Rawlins was there, you know, great looking guy. Um, comes over and then he's mic'd up and now he's getting paid as an actor, credited $1,200 a day. And he's like, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Just the same words. Great. Um, and we're, we're finding that in, you know, things like Home and Away and that as well. You know, we did Rebreak, which has been amazing. That's still in the background. It's, it's more for the French market. Um, but we've had like over 100 people employed in that, um, you know, from mercenaries to uh, like we did chopper insertions and like as mercenaries, we've had SWAT, we've had police, we've had um, people in jail, we've had jail officers secure everything. Um, you know, Pete's in that as a security guard at a strip club, which is funny. Um, pigs and everything we do, we, we have to put him in. Um, are you but, are you going into are you going to the states as well, Sean? Okay, good one. We did. So we went at the start of the year. Um, we've got some um, some. Uh, we work with companies overseas in Atlanta, Vancouver, and also UK. So our sister company is in UK called Bear Arms Film. Um, so he's an ex tanky major from the UK. Um, and Bear Arms Films got into the industry more for training actors how to do weapons handling. Um, and, you know, they're getting people in. They're, they're doing well. So they, we basically started at the same time uh, and we're, we're constantly, constantly talking to him. We, you know, we, we bust ideas out together. Um, he's changing the shape of the UK in regards to weapons handling um, and we're actually trying to set up an international licence for film, uh, for weapons handling in film, um, you know, because he's working with everyone in, like, Norway and Austria um, then they ring me because it's like, hey, you guys have got the, the military experience. What are you guys doing? And we've got armourers, you know. We've got, like, guys who have set themselves up as well. And now I've got Reese. Be good to go. Uh, in Atlanta, there's a group over there. There's two groups that we work with. One's called Warrior Poet Society. Um, they've got over, you know, 400,000 subscribers on their YouTube. Wow. It's all about weapons drills. So they're, they're doing really well. Um, 
but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's about doing weapons properly. So they do training lessons and things like that. And again, it's Atlanta. So the amount of weapons they got is amazing. Um, we, we went over there to talk because they're currently filming, um, like 33 productions in Atlanta. Um, I get constant castings like lists all the time. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff that's coming up, everyone's like, yes, like Suicide Squad 2, you know, and, um, the Watchmen like TV series. Um, and anyway, we went over there and met with another guy who runs cause and effects training. Uh, and they, he's got a massive team like of, you know, ex-special forces and law enforcement guys. Um, so we're, we're going, Hey, look, let's go into military advisors. But what we do here in Australia is, is, is get massive, like we're national. We've got everyone covering every state, every city. Um, so if they need people, boom, we can come and in and, and we get good money for it over in America. Um, they only get $8 an hour as an extra. So straight away, the business model doesn't work. Um, I then say, like, I can't, you know, morally, I can't take any money off someone who's only going to get $8 an hour. And I don't want a veteran, like a, a war hero, bloody going in on set and working for $8 an hour. I just, I just don't have that. And look, they're the same as me. They're like, we don't care. We just want to get into it and do all that. But I, I just don't like getting taken advantage of, and that's what I don't want. So we're we're changing it. We're working with them in the background um, to change it to come in more as a like a whole package to say, look, if you want military guys, we'll come in with with equipment. We'll come in with Humvees. We'll come in with tanks. We'll come in with all the weapons and uniforms. But this is how much you pay per person, not all well, they're coming in and then you kick them out. So it, it's a little bit harder, and it's a little bit yeah, working around um, in Vancouver. Um, we, we tried to start, we had a good contact over there. Um, they had a bit, a similar business model, um, years ago and, um, uh, like, you know, trying to get like ex-military guys, but it's very unionized over there. Um, it's, you know, here's different because you, there's no real union. Mm. Um, over there they've, they've got different unions. They've got unions for tying your shoes. Um, so to come in and, and give them, um, you know, a, a business model like we got is very threatening to everyone else. So we've we've got to just mould that a little bit and come in more and, and you know take experience that Bear Arms film, um, uh, Bear Arms films learnt and go in and say, hey, let, let's let's just go in as a weapons training um, consultancy, so that when people are walking around the doors, then they they look legit. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, going back to what you said on strike back um, with the weapons handling. Sometimes if you are doing it right, it doesn't look good on film. So they like the director will say, well, yeah, okay, it probably looks good, but it doesn't look good on camera. Um, so they need to change it up. Um, and that's where, but that's where the military advisor and that can come in and have more of an yeah. intimate relationship and say, hey, let's do this. And I think that's what gets, gets lost. And there's yeah, a lot it's of like trying to do, It's like trying to do a bloody obstacle crossing with a formed element that might usually take 35 to 40 minutes to do it properly yeah. and then the director's like, just everyone get across the bloody road, will you? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, we, we did that in the gun scenes. The, mm. the artillery scenes in um, Danger Close was amazing, like yeah. amazing. Um, you know, we built that. We did 25,000 sandbags um, in that production. There was 5,500 alone for the artillery who's, scenes. Who's doing that? Who's filling them for you? <laughs> We're doing it, mate. As the extras <laughs> are filling sandbags. No, no, not not the extras. We had guys come in from around Australia to help build the sets. So, so you're paying just, paying just, them to to yeah, great. So just but our boys. So um, 
the the that was the best thing about the film. We had a lot of guys get depression after the film, saying, "I want to go back and film more sandbags." Because it's not about the film, it's not about the work. It's about the camaraderie and the the you know. That's why everyone goes, "Oh, I want to get back in the army," and then they get back in the army and realize they're forty and their peers are twenty, and they're like, "I can't have the same relationship." Yeah. Um, you get on a movie set where you're doing sandbags, where you're hating it, and it's shit, and it's hot, and it's still in sandbags, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is awesome! Can't wait to do it again tomorrow." Because yeah. The banter and the crap that you talk is—it's just like being back in. What's what's, um, what's next on the cards for extra specialists, mate? Is it is there um, um, big things coming? There, there, there is. So we've been, um, yeah, I, I can't say too much because it, it delves into IP, uh, intellectual property, and I don't want anyone to steal the business model. But um, aside, so we're, we're splitting into two, three different companies, as I said before. One's the, the consultancy. One's the agency and one's a production company. Um, productions are really going to be kicking off soon. Um, we've been very lucky to get a old military base um, and we've been given that for free for the next couple of months while they redevelop it. It's huge. It's 20 hectares. Yeah, I saw so, it on Instagram. It's amazing. Oh, mate, it's, it's – yeah, they've got five warehouses. So we're going to use that as a hub to say, come in, let's start filming. Um, we've got ideas where we want to do um, – not like a podcast, but like a um, like more of a panel, and just have some guys up there talking crap, but just just positive. Hey, what's going on? And then we get like old Pete Irish to go out on the street and just talk crap to some randoms on the street. That's going to be um, cool. Production company, you know, veteran productions or whatever you want to call it, and you get out there and yeah, and, and yeah, sh- but it, and push know, positivity. Like vet TV in America is it's funny, it's good, but that's not what we want to do. We don't want to do skits. Like we just want to do just do some fun stuff. Oh, those um, Ranger guys, just, those Ranger guys are hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good though, yeah. but it's that's what people like. That's what people want to watch. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's got to be a business. It's got to be sustainable. But the, the the idea is we've got this hub now that people can come to and say, "Hey, I'm interested in doing that." Um, what this then allows is a lot of other training companies to come in and and support it. Um, you know, we'll never be a, a non for profit or a business um, because we're we're killing it because we haven't had a dollar in donations. Um, and it's it's. That's what we want to shape and change. And I think say, businesses hey, businesses are so much more powerful, in my opinion, than not for yeah. profits for helping veterans. If they can, yeah. if they're run by veterans, they can reach out to veterans, and there's some sort of positive, um, you know, financial gain to the veteran as well as upskilling them and, and a sense of purpose. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, a, a not for profit. It feels to me like the veteran has to be the victim for the not-for-profit to actually win. But, yeah. I, you know, this isn't what this is about. But um, yeah. And I can cover this no, with look, other people. But, yeah, for me, it's a yeah. good thing that you're not a not-for-profit. Yeah. And, look, you know, like I said, um, we're winning because we're not that. Um, we're not a charity. We, we don't give handouts. We don't take handouts. So that that's like you said, very powerful for someone to come along. So yeah, this is this is cool. People that are out there, there's good ones that are out there doing good. But there's a lot of that are out there that are getting five million dollars a year and only doing you know charity walks or build your own terrariums or cat clay target, you know clay building or book club. Are you, are you kidding me? No, you know what I mean. Um, no, but look, the, what where else is on the cards? We we want to yeah we, we want to talk to defence more. Um, the uh, about utilising. Um, the amount of skill we've got to somehow go back into defence, um, you know, whether it's helping uh. them write packages, like you said. Um, we've, got, we've got a massive talent pool, massive. Um, let's capitalise on that. Let's not talisman, have civilian talisman, companies. Talisman Sabre Enemy. Can't, can't say anything, mate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. 
Um, but that's that's what we're going to go for. There's a lot of guys that are out there um, yeah. that, that want to do that. Uh, and why not? Because it's, it's just a bit of fun. Guys, guys, guys are skilled. Stop, stop thinking that they're, they're these poor veterans. These guys are skilled. And yeah. you give them the purpose identity back, that's what will fix them. And um, Sean, how can how can people reach out to you if they think they're going to be the next Chris Hemsworth, or if they want to learn about um, if they want to learn about stunts, or if they'd like to be an extra, or if they want to be a really amazing person? Script the first writer. thing they have to do they have to read these two books. Yeah, fair and cool. there will be a test. Fighting, um, the fighting season and off reservation. Nice. Yeah, by Bram Connolly. Mm. Um, about uh, Matt Ricks. I don't know if you know him. He's gone rogue, mate. Non-fiction. And he's after revenge. Non-fiction. And it's personal. <laughs> It yeah. is fact. It yeah. is fact. I will take hard, it out on the hard mic. Hitting, Hard-hitting journalism. Um, yeah. How can people uh, reach out to you, man? Mate, just on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and um, uh, especially our website. The website uh, is just all one word, lowercase, extra specialists. Uh, and the best way to remember it is like we're extra special uh, and we're specialists at what we do. Nice. And we're extras. And we're Everything. extras broken down into ex-military Train ready and adaptable. Oh little. no way! You <laughs> didn't. You made Stop. an acronym out of extra. You I did. idiot. Did I did look at some shirts. Train like, ready adaptable. This is like Anchorman. Um, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. Hey, Sean, I want to thank um, you. I want to thank you for being on the on the Warrior You podcast, mate. I knew it would be a, a good discussion because you're a great bloke and you've got a great idea. You had a great idea and you implemented it rather than just poodle faked around and asked people or asked the universe for some lofty fucking permission. Like you went in and got True. it done, and I think that's I think that's testament to yourself, and also a great lesson for all those you know all those anyone, not just a veteran, just anyone out there who thinks they want to do something, just bloody go and do it and see what happens. Go and do it. That's it. What do you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely everything. And once you've lost everything, go and do it. And then you can build it, build it back <laughs> um, up. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, love right. it. No, yeah. thanks for the chat, man. Love your show always, and um, we'll get you over here as a someone dead. On, the, on, on our set, or we'll um, we'll get you as uh, Matt Rick's character. Yeah, and um, sounds cool. Love it. I, I'm looking forward to the future, mate. Yeah, I'm excited years. to see where you veteran. guys. I'm excited to see where you guys go with this, and I can't wait to see Danger Close. I, I really can't because I've heard uh, you know, I've heard people who've seen it at some of the um, you know the, the sort of blind previews, and they say it's it's going to be a cult classic. So, mate, the the I know I know you were signing off, but I've got to add this bit. I literally was amazed when I read this comment the other day. Um, and it was, um, it's a, it's a news article about like danger close. Like it's all positive. Like, yeah, there's a lot of feedback, that much feedback about, Oh, they better get it right. And they've got to do this. And look at the end of the day, it's a movie and it's a good movie. And, um, you know, major Harry Smith, the real Harry Smith, uh, said this is a newspaper article. Um, and I quote, I think young fellows that have a sense of sanity about them would be advised to see the movie and see what their fathers and grandfathers did in fighting the war in Vietnam. Uh, anyone who has anything to do with the military history should certainly see it to give them an idea of what went on. So this movie... National storytelling at its best. So you're telling a story of national significance to the next generation and, mate, my hat's off to you. Uh, yeah, thanks, mate. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you all soon, surely. Well, Love ya. you know, <laughs> you know... Um, you know the born. You know Robert Ludlum's the born Blumen Ultimatum, yeah. and all. You know. You know he died before they got made into movies. He never saw the. Really? He never saw it. He never saw the fact that they all came out and that they were this amazing franchise. So, like, I'm, I. The books are very different. Did you read the books? Yeah. I don't know if you read them. Yeah. Yeah, they are very different. Mm. But I tell you what, I, I literally 
funnily enough, I watched the, the four movies the other night with my missus just a, as a back-to-back. And Matt um, Ricks would kick Jason Bourne's ass. <laughs> Jason Bourne doesn't remember how to fight, mate. Like, do you know what I mean? Where did no, he, he do? does. He's like, what was he? He was, a, he was a captain, wasn't he? He was a captain of probably Int. He can't learn to fight like that. Stop it. All right, man. I'm going to um, sign off. No, love it, mate. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, um, thanks for coming on on a Sunday. Oh, it's not work, is it? Go back and kick that dude off your couch and get him working. He's asleep. I don't know. He's fucking hard at it. Five seven, mate. All right. All right. See you, mate. Done. Righto. Let me just wrap a few things up. Before I go, I just want to let you know that I'm teamed up with Patreon. This is so that you can donate assistance to the podcast. Obviously, putting all this together each week does come at a financial and a time cost. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head to www.patreon.com forward slash warrior you and you can throw in whatever you feel like. It's greatly appreciated and there are some cool giveaways on the site too for different tiers of sponsorship. So please check it out. Um, thanks to my newest patron, Patreon donator, Marcus, for the $5 a month. Cheers, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm just amazed that anyone's actually listening to the podcast at the end here to even go to Patreon, but obviously you did, so cheers, man. Um, right, and finally, just to end the show, this week the podcasts I've personally listened to have been as follows. I've listened to the Rich Roll podcast. It was a really great one with his dad. It was, um, was worth listening to. The Jocko Willick podcast, of course, and I listened to How I Work by Mantha Imber. Righto, thanks everyone, and remember, live a life worth living. Catch you later. 